Are you ready to unapologetically unleash your bold and define your life, money, and business? Define You Radio Class is in session with host the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace, brings you the stories behind the glory. Hear from women and men who decided that life didn't define them. They were going to define themselves. Pen and papers ready. Class is now in session. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to Define You Radio Classes in Session. I'm excited and a little sad to announce that tonight's Sunday show, which is Define You Radio's last uh, part of the Healing You series, but I'm closing out with a great guest. If you've been keeping up with the show, we're making some changes to make it better for you and for me and just increase the whole experience of Define You Radio, including a surprise new intro. I know you guys love the song. I mean, who doesn't love my intro? But we have a new intro that you guys will hear starting in June. So with that being said, I'm your host, (laughs) Valencia Griffin Wallace. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to class. Uh, you could connect with the show at defineuradio.com. We, like I said, we have a powerful show tonight and classes in session with our guest, Latonya Smiley. We're talking about the F word. Now, get your minds away from wherever it went because it's not that F word. We're talking about a harder word forgiveness. Yeah. I want you guys to think about who do you need to forgive? Do you need forgiveness yourself? Forgiveness is always a touchy topic because we think we've forgiven people. And this includes me when you really haven't. I'm going to tell you a little bit about LaTanya in case you didn't catch her first appearance on the show. And I will link that appearance in the show notes so you can go back and listen to when she was on the show before. She is a speaker and author. She is also the founder of Eve's Roses. It's an organization that empowers survivors of incest and domestic violence. She's an awesome person. She's also one of the fabulous speakers on the Sister Cypher Tour, uh, which is hosted by Embrace Your Cake. To find out more about that, you can visit my website at ValenciaGWallace.com. We will be in Jacksonville, Florida, June. Is it June 24th? Latonya, no, it's the 10th. Ha- okay. Okay. I was like 90 per- 95% sure of that. With that being said, guys, let's go ahead and welcome Latonya to the show. Hey, everybody. Hey, Southern Belle, my sister Valencia. Thank you for having me on the show again. I'm excited about tonight's topic and all that we're going to discuss on tonight always a pleasure speaking with you and I hope everyone is having an amazing um, evening. I want you to prepare your minds for this powerful segment on forgiveness. Mm. You dropped about four or five 
mics with the last with the last couple of statements because it's you know <laughs> forgiveness is is hard. Um, we could always learn how to do better. So I'm very excited about the show and my Sunday was going great. And now right we're experiencing what I call hurricane rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, but in Louisiana around this time of year, we're kind of used to that random sun out for one minute. Next minute, it's like rain and wind and everything. So the weather is kind of crazy here. But you know, I am the Southern Belle, so I I'm used to that Southern crazy weather here. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Latanya, go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about you in case they didn't catch you on your first appearance. Okay, so I am Latanya Smiley. I am CEO and Executive Director of Ease Roses, which is a mentoring organization for survivors of child sexual abuse. Um, We mentor them past the residue that plagues our life after we have gone through such a traumatic event. I am also a minister. I am a motivational speaker. I am an author. Most of all, I am a mother and a wife. (laughs) Congratulations on all the roles. And I want to congratulate you and applaud you for what you do to help others. And if you want to go ahead and get into maybe a little bit about why you were moved to start Eve's Roses. Okay, so Eve's Roses was birthed, I'll say, from my, it was my purpose, but it was birthed through my pain of being um, molested by my dad from the ages of 9 through 13, resulting in a pregnancy. Um, After he molested me, my life just, took a turn, you know, my, my wings was clipped early in life and I went through a domino effect of some um things that just had uh because my life was shaken up I, I became a, a teenage mom, I became a high school dropout, I my esteem was low, it had to be because I had several bouts of domestic violence, which at this point in my life, I will not tolerate. So it was just so many negative things because I had this chip on my shoulder that said, um, I do what I want. This is just the way I am. And my broken state, um, it was sort of like, mess with me if you want to, and you're going to get all (laughs) all of this negativity that I have from you because I felt that because I was abused that it was okay for me to abuse others. And Mm. it just became um, one thing after another. Like um, I just treated people nasty because I felt that it was okay because I was abused. So now I'm the abuser, so to speak, but not, um, not a sexual abuser causing friendly fire. I like to call it friendly fire is when you are, um, I'm hurting those, that I should be embracing. That's what I'll say. Mm. But because I'm so broken, I don't even realize that I'm spitting venom. You know? Understood. That's right there. <laughs> that, that, girl, <laughs> so deep. That was so, and I like that, that friendly fire. And I like that, um, when I say I like that, like I, I understand exactly what, 
you're saying. And it's almost like it was a butterfly effect, right? And I've been throwing that term around a lot lately because we look at one small thing in our life. Well, I don't want to say small, but how one event in our life, the the ripples of it, the it affects mm-hmm. everything. And right. at least, you know, everything is kind of like not the foundation or the root, but I guess you could use those words. But the funny thing is you don't know how different your life would have been had that not happened. But and you the, see it as a, the, go ahead, hon. And the harder thing about it is that not only the ripple, it is now we have this broken little girl that, it's still broken in your adult life because she never got a chance to be a little girl. So that little girl is the part that you you sort of spend the rest of your life healing her. So hmm. I I that is one hundred percent true, and I know in your organization because you deal with men, women, children. Like, who does your organization help? Everybody who has been um, through child sexual abuse, we help women who have survived child sexual abuse. We help men who have been molested as well. We do educational um, teachings for parents and in the schools to help those um, to show signs of abuse so that we can help prevent it. So we help just about everybody, whoever has been through molestation and needs help, that's who our target is. It has no age. You know, first I thought that we can deal with the old women, but then, no, the the youth in the ages are getting younger and younger. So it's really about um, just being, meeting that need, whatever that need is, because there's so many facets of molestation, I never know what it's going to be. I don't ever know what, what I'm coaching them past. I don't ever know mm. if I, what I'm preventing because it's so much, it's so much bigger than what I ever imagined that it was. From what you've seen, do you think men and women deal with it differently? Like what, what's the differences you see with how women deal with being violated in those ways versus men what's the differences so the difference is based on the person women most women who are violated they deal with it in a shamely way i know women who try to move on in their lives and they don't want to confront it and so here you are and you're trying to have a healthy relationship but nobody wants to address the elephant in the room until you confront it, like I told you in the first, until you pull back that rug and let's clean un- under this carpet, you're never going to have a healthy relationship. You can't. How can I lay next to my husband who I love dearly and he doesn't know this part of me? I'm trying to cover it up, but it keeps seeping out. It's like having a trash can and you don't put some, you know, the trash can has um, dirty diapers and leftover food in it for years. How do you think that that smells? It has to smell like the where they where New York City sanitation dumps the trash after a while, and you, and it's seeping through your pores. Because I always say, what's in my heart 
is going to flow from my heart. So what scent am I letting off? You know, the residue, my, my husband needs to know why when he walks in the house, if he, if he touches me a certain way, I may jump or something like that. He needs to know what, because we have triggers. Um, victims of child sexual abuse, we have triggers. So our triggers is what reminds us that we have been molested. And it's not always a bad, it's like a thorn in our side, you know what I'm saying? But for me, I wear it. That's my, that's one of my badges of honor, you know, that's like one of my medals. This is what I overcame. Um, Men deal with it, um, they handle it two ways. They either become homosexual or um, they become, um, they do drugs and alcohol. They end up in prison because they become overly aggressive, end up getting arrested for whatever it is because they're acting out. And and like I said, males and females, they have two different ways. Even women that think they are men, a lot of times they hmm. have been molested. And I can I just see that I see that a lot too. So we have to deal with that root and extract that root so that we can address the issue. Mm. That's very very interesting, and I'm sure with men. And and I don't know, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure with men, there's more shame than with yeah. a woman. It's more shame for a man because he is the man. So for him to be violated, first of all, he's like, how could he even share that? You know, hmm. how could he share that with his woman and still be the man of the house to her. How You know how much courage it takes for a man? It takes a lot of courage for anyone, but for a man to share that and still be looked upon as a man, especially if he's been penetrated. Let's, let's just mm-hmm. be real. Um, it's so many different. Yes, he could have been fondled. Somebody could have, um, you know, touched his private. But if he's been penetrated, could you imagine? How could he feel masculine at that point? Um, and say to his wife, I was molested without the fear of her being like, oh, you were 50, you know? Mm. How? Because the the average mind cannot conceive. When men started coming to me telling me that they was molested, I could not even wrap my mind around what they were saying because it was enough for me to embrace what had happened to me. But when I realized that this is so much bigger, but then when I went to the Bible, it's been, it's nothing new under the sun. Um, right. That's what Sodom and Gomorrah was about. You know, so sodomy has been around forever, but for a man, for him to come out of his um, place of safety and entrust and, and that to you, I was molested. That's a big deal. Wow. And if you watch like um, Greek movies I guess that's the genre of movie you would call it Um, Mm -hmm. even like in um, 300 right in 300 there's a part where Leonidas says something about the Athenians I think being boy lovers in in one one part of the movie and that stuck out and if you watch like movies like that you know it's like they have these boys are barely teenage boys as their I don't know what's the word to use but that was a part of 
that society and it was normalized then. And it, it's it's crazy things that you pay attention to in movies or things like that that other people don't pay attention to. Now, kind of to shift a little bit, just very little, I remember having that conversation with my husband and telling him about my childhood sexual abuse. And I mm-hmm. debated on, I, you know, it's important that your mate knows so he understands when, you know, like you said, when I, when you don't touch me this way or don't touch me that way. But I debated on even having that conversation with him because my abuser is a relative of mine that is still living. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I had to I don't debate because I didn't want my husband to if he's ever around this person feel like he's you know <laughs> you know I'm going to protect my wife. I know you did this to my wife situation. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had debated with that, and I could tell you honestly, I, which is, you know, really kind of even going with the show of forgiveness, I, you know, we'll get into that, but I avoid this person at all costs, and I could count mm-hmm. on one hand how many times I've seen this person in the last 20 years of my life, because I avoid like before I go to family gatherings and and things like that, I will ask if he's going to be there and my family knows. I will tell him, well, I'm not coming because I'm not going to put my husband in the situation. And my son, I remember having this discussion with him when he made about 18 or 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard thing to do. But I would rather have a conversation with him than me write a book and he read about it and then come to me and, you know, Ma, why you didn't tell me this, why you didn't tell me that. So that, you know, I am very mindful of where person, the violator, quote unquote, is versus my husband and my son. Because first and foremost, you know, with, with your husband and your children, it's they're always on protect mode. And they may not mm-hmm. remember it every day, but if they're put in a situation, they will think about it then, and you don't know. And that's your, not your always thought? say God does, God does things well. God's timing is excellent. For my father to have died um, prior to me getting married, and I got married in 2013, my father died um, 2012, November of 2012. For him to die when he did, well, that's how I say God's timing is best because my husband, um, my husband is a man who wears our last name of Smiley. But when it comes <laughs> to his wife and when it comes to his kids, it, it just wouldn't have been a, a good thing. You know, it just right. like, it, it would have put him in a space of he knows what my father did to me and and you, on any given day, it probably wouldn't have had nothing to do with something. Maybe just a the wind blew the wrong way. It could have ended up really bad. So, yes, our husbands are our protectors, and that's why it's good for us to tell them, to share them. And and, and to take that burden, the thing is to become unburdened um, with, mm. with things that plague us. We have to learn how to become unburdened. And if you holding stuff in and 
you're not releasing and you're allowing the devil to hold stuff over your head, that is burdening you. And burdens make you lose your edges, girl. You can't hmm. do that. <laughs> you know, burdens, burdens make you make your hair fall out. They cause um, clogged arteries in the heart. They cause so many diseases. Cancer grows from burdens. Girl, I got to let them burdens go because what do you do with a heart attack? What do you do? Mm. I'm too young for that. I'm trying to live a long life, and I find that the more things I let go and the more forgiveness that I give out, the more my skin glows, the more my edges come back, the more my, <laughs> you know, the because that's important. You know, you don't right. always want to wear a weave. You want to have. You want to have your edges. You want your skin to be glowing. I don't want bags under my eyes because I didn't sleep good, because I'm Mm -hmm. burdened by something. And I've learned that prayer changes everything. When you get up off of your knees, you're supposed to be unburdened. And if you're walking around with burdens, that means that you're not trusting God, and that's a problem. And and kind of adding a little bit to that, you feel free because I did not want to walk around carrying a secret or a shame that wasn't mine to carry from this man who I'm committing the rest of my life to. Mm-hmm. And I think that really women and men, if you're, if, if you can't tell the person you're marrying if you can't unburden them a little bit, if you can't share something like that with them, you really need to question, is this the person that you need to be marrying? And those are my thoughts on that. I don't want, like I said, you know, especially with me writing, I didn't want my son to read that. And this is not a discussion we had. And we just, within, I want to say maybe a a year or two ago, because he's 20 now. So maybe a year or two ago, we, talked about it mm-hmm. and that was that was harder talking to him than it was my husband mm-hmm. but but I felt better once I talked to my son about it because you know that's that's I wanted him to understand why you know mama kind of been protective over you and why why we don't do this with the family or so on and so forth everything kind of made sense to him then when we had that discussion and mm-hmm. you know it was, but that was a a hard discussion cuz you want your your kids to look at you as being you know mama strong mama strong you know and mama's still strong but i had to have that conversation with him and let him know that this is part of mama's pain that she had to deal with but that yeah that was a hard discussion to have with with him more than it was with my husband yeah um well I had told my kids while I was writing the book I told Mm. them um because I didn't want them to pick up the book and read it in the book without knowing what was going on so I told them like right before the book got ready to release, uh, before when I realized I'm going to write this book, I said, well, let me have a conversation with them. And it was also 
I needed them to forgive me for some things that they didn't understand. I never sat them down and explained to them why I wasn't mentally capable of raising my three older children were raised by their grandmother. So I needed for them to understand some things about me because I needed them to forgive me um, the way I needed to forgive my mother so that our relationship could mend because I wasn't always this tower of strength that Hmm. um, people see. I was a runner. So soon as um, things got heated in any situation, I would run. Um, After my father molested me, I left home. I started having these babies. But I'm a child, and I'm not ready to be a mother. You know, I'm getting beat. I I just have so much going on in my world, in my mind, that their grandmother was like, you know what, I, I don't, I'm just going to keep them because you can't just keep uprooting them and moving from one place to another. Like, I would just leave. Like, don't worry about no clothes or nothing. Me and whoever got into it, I'm out. And that was Mm -hmm. the hours of runner. So I'm glad that I can honestly say that my feet are planted now. You know, my husband, I don't even feel the need to run anymore. I wish that some of the things that I have ran from in life that I would have stood flat-footed and nipped it in the bud right then and there. But even I think that when I first got married, I may have packed the bag. <laughs> Just like, in where case. you going? No, where you going? He's like, where you going? It was funny because he was like, see, you're so used to not dealing that you're ready to go because what? Because we exchanged words because that's all me and him ever do. We might exchange words and then right back in each other's face because we love each other so much. (laughs) So it was different for me. He, I packed, I packed the bag out. Where was I going? Because he moved me all the way. I would have had to drive two hours to go somewhere to be miserable and then can't get back home. So mm-hmm. that's <laughs> it's it's very life takes you through some cycles. It's it's very interesting how life turns out. And at one point in time you feel like you're rooted in pain. So and congratulations to finding love and not packing up and running. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I want to ask you, what is your definition of forgiveness? Mm. My definition of forgiveness is to release someone from paying a penalty. Mm. That is my definition of, of forgiveness, to release someone from paying a penalty. I didn't even Google the definition of forgiveness, but I'm pretty sure that's what it says. Mm-hmm. And that... I don't I don't know if it says it exactly like that, because mm-hmm. I know it says to let go, um, to not... I, don't, I can't even remember the, the Webster's Dictionary version, but that's what I get from it, to relieve someone of a penalty. And when we say that, I'll never forgive you for that. I'll never forgive Mm. you for that. And um, that means that I'm never going to let you live down what you did for me. I'm going to always hold that Mm. over your head. 
you know how we, because I know that we've all done it as women, and we, we, our boyfriends have done something to us. I don't say our boyfriends because I hope everyone has a healthy marriage and we're not doing it. But we will remind him of what he did. He did it 20 years ago, and you, every time you get mad, now he done bought you diamonds, he done got the car, the house, you done got the baby, everything. And most of all, you know that you have his heart, but you keep throwing that one thing that he did 20 years ago in his face because mm. you won't forgive him. When are you going to release that penalty? You might not ever get that. Um, and if, as if they could ever pay the penalty. No one could ever replace my innocence. That wasn't like somebody stole my bicycle and I needed a bicycle to be replaced. So to forgive means to let someone be free of a penalty. <laughs> let them pass through and become unburdened. And we all need to be forgiven at some point. I need to be forgiven for something. How could I say, Valencia, you're making a big deal about that? Because you act, you know, you're making a big deal. And um, you're like, I don't know, Tanya. I don't know if I can forgive you for that. Seriously, Valencia, you can't forgive me for that? Mm. You're going to hold that over me? Yes, I am. Because I don't want to give you, I don't want to release you from this penalty. And that's what happened. What, What helped you forgive? What helped me to forgive is when you really sit with yourself and you think about forgiveness, and I really have to say what helped me forgive had to be the Holy Spirit because there's no way in my own might would I have forgiven. The type of person that I was, that the, I, I was that chick, like, what? Like, I'm not letting it go. I'm not forgiving that. Like, you're going to die with this, and I'm going to, like, write it on your tombstone. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, after underneath the dash, and I'll be like, remember, you did this, you know? So, um that's the type of person that I was. So it had to be God who allowed me to see that, for one thing, I'm never going to reach my true potential if I don't forgive. Mm. And another thing is that he showed me that he forgives me every day for my thoughts, for my deeds, for my actions. And another thing that he has taught me, and I tell people all the time, there are no levels to forgiveness. There's no big forgiveness, little forgiveness. That's like it's no big lie, no little lie, no big sin, no little sin. Sin is sin, a lie is a lie, and forgiveness is forgiveness. And mm. I'm not saying that forgiveness is easy, that it's just, oh, girl, let that go. No, I'm not saying that. As the words leave my mouth, let it go. At that point, I'm praying, God, help me to let it go. Because when you really let something go and you really lift that penalty, that means that you cannot go back. It's like a binding contract. You don't get to go back and dig it up. You let it mm-hmm. go, and I don't get to go back. And, 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 it's, and it's, for, it's, it's for me. It's not for you. People think forgiveness is for the other person, and it's, for, it's helping me to be free. It's helping me to move forward in the things that I am assigned to do 
not you. You, you. If 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 you hurt me, and I hate you for hurting me, when Judgment Day goes comes and I go to stand before God, and God says, you you didn't show love to Valencia. You hmm. think God is gonna be like I'm gonna say yeah because Valencia. She did such and such, and I couldn't let it go. No, I'm not responsible for what Valencia did to Tanya. I'm responsible for how Tanya responds to what Valencia does. That mm. goes to confusing the enemy. Because, see, what the devil meant for evil, he don't know that in my forgiving you, I'm going to be able to love you past your pain. It might be my assignment so that I'm, I gave you a pass on that penalty. I don't want you to do that to anybody else because it may not have the same outcome. So I'm forgiving you so you can learn your lesson. Don't do that again. That's not nice because you may not know. A lot of times people need to be forgiven. They don't know that they need to be forgiven because they've been flowing in that all their life. They don't even know it's mm. wrong. If you don't check me as be like, look, this, that was messed up what you did because when, we're, when we don't – when you got a pack of pigeons running around in a broken state, co-signing everybody, each other's mess, who wants right. to want to be like, yo, that, you shouldn't have did that. I'm, I'm not coming to you. I'm not coming to have no pity party with you. Yo, T, you was wrong. We need that. Mm. But that's maturity. You got to get there. Yeah, that. look, that's a whole other level of forgiveness. <laughs> Because I'm going to be honest, something recently happened, I want to say maybe last week or maybe the week before, and it was so crazy and so random, but I was saying about the person who violated me as a child and how I could count on one hand how many times I've seen this person, and I've always Mm -hmm. said, you know, I've forgiven them. I've forgiven them because if I would not have forgiven forgiven him, he wouldn't even be living. So that's how I know. And that's what I would say. And I repeated it. And it sounded true. It sounded right. It sounded, you know, mature and elevated and everything else. It sounded to me, because you know, I felt like because he's still living, I felt like I forgave him, even though, you know, it was I know that was crazy to say, but it it made sense. And that's what I've been saying all these years. I've never had to deal with this person. Anytime I ran across him, I never, it was like he was invisible. He didn't exist. He wasn't there. But Mm -hmm. last week or either week before last, completely random, I'm at the dollar store around the corner from my house. Now, I live way outside um, where the majority of my family live. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you I ran across this man in a dollar store, I just, I took a breath, right? I took it. It was like completely random. Like, let's say somebody you went to middle school with two states over and you run across them in a dollar store or something. It was kind of like that type of random thing. And mm-hmm. so I actually I took a breath and I spoke because we recognized each other, but even though we hadn't seen each other in forever, and mm-hmm. um, I said we had like a brief conversation, but it wasn't so much what was said; it was how I felt. 
that made me realize, wow, I have passed a point in my life I never thought I'd pass because I finally saw him, was in a small space with him, and I didn't feel that I could choke you out anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and to me that was huge because my I would, would say I would forgive him, but being in the same room with him years previously, I would feel anger still and still feel like I want to tell him off and, you know, I just need to get it out my system and embarrass him and do all of this kind of stuff. You know, even though I was saying I forgave Mm -hmm. this person, but two weeks ago I realized that I really passed that point because I didn't feel that way. My feelings actually matched up to the word forgiveness. And that was huge. (laughs) That was huge for me. If you ran across, you know, and I know your dad has passed, but let's say he didn't. Do you think you would have been able to forgive him if he was still alive? Well, see, that's the thing with him. Um, Now, remember, my mother stayed with my father until he died. So it wasn't like we weren't in the same space since the incident. Mm-hmm. Like we were constantly in each other's space on and on, on and off. And um, the thing about him is that um, as I got older, he just was like taking my kindness for weakness. Like I'm like, okay, so I gave you a pass on that. Never did it did it did it cross my mind to lock him up the bang him in the head with a hammer, none of that stuff. Like, I'm letting mm-hmm. you live, and you constantly right. coming for me. You know, he would say little stuff like, you know, you got all these boyfriends and little, just like throwing darts at me the older I got. Like, before my father passed away, we were really, really on bad terms, worse than any point in my life because um, he just – I, I told him once he would try to say stuff to me about my kids and how the mother that I was being to them. And I was like, did you forget what happened to me? And he was like, what does that matter? You know, and I'm like, mm. oh, you real cocky. Like, that was a big obstacle for me because at that point I felt that you did that and now you think that you could just do anything and say anything because I then gave you a pass. You know, so, again, we're not responsible for how people respond when we forgive them because I feel that had he been a little nicer, had he really, really cleaned his heart, I really feel that God would have let him live. But because me forgiving him was suffocating me and I was trying to do the right thing by him, I think that God just went on ahead and just, you know, went on ahead and canceled that contract because, see, he she trying to be nice to you, and you really, 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 really taking her there. So I'm just going to go ahead on and just deal with you. Because it was, mm. instant, it was like, I'm just like, how you hate me? Like, I like I violated you. You know, like, like I abused you. You know? You you and you're gonna get that in forgiveness. Some people you're gonna forgive and then they gonna give you they butt the kiss like you know, that's like I slept with your husband, you forgive me and now I'm just gonna make you kiss my behind 
you know, because that's how people do. So you never know what you're going to get with forgiveness. So my father, I, I tried to have that daddy-daughter relationship with him even after. The, the, the heart wants what the heart wants. And we didn't, I didn't fall from the sky. I came from my parents. And every child mm-hmm. wants their parents to love them. Every child wants a relationship with their parents. Every daughter wants her father and, and and she wants a relationship with her mother. And that's just the reality of it. And people can be like, that's not true, but it is true. I didn't fall mm-hmm. from the side. So even though I have my husband, it's some days where that little girl still wants her mother and her father. Mm. And that kind of addresses my next question, because I think a lot of people think that, you know, I could forgive them if they admit what they did. You know, their forgiveness comes with a condition. And a lot of times people don't admit what they did. They don't acknowledge it. Like to them, it didn't happen. But that really has nothing to do with your actions, I guess, as a person that's supposed to forgive them. So I think that's real interesting. Forgive and forget. <laughs> Does it exist? But, you know what? And I'm going to just be honest with you. Um, depends on what it is. You're supposed to, people say forgive and forget. I didn't get that part of the Bible. I know that, you know, he separates it from as far as the east is from the west. But let me tell you something. When you are really, really, and your relationship is right with God, God will erase some things from your from your mind, and you'll be like, because I don't remember the particular um, particulars of what happened. I, I know it happened. I, I have certain, but as the years go on, it gets scarce in my mind because you don't want to spend take up. I don't need for that to take up space in my mind, and you'll be like. How do you even remember that? That was so minute. But when something hurts you, you will never forget it. it how could you forget? I'm not going to forget I was abused. People block it out of their mind when they don't want to confront it. And it just keeps coming up at the wrong time. It's like a child who don't have no home training, and you never know what they're going to say, and, and they just say stuff at the wrong time and embarrass you. So people block it out their mind. So I'm not going to say that you can't forget. Uh, maybe if you had head trauma, you'll forget. But I'll say that it depends because the free I, come, I become, I don't need it taking up space. No, I will never forget that, I will, um, that I've been abused. I won't forget it, but I'm not going to spend my time focusing on that. My focus is on the recovery. So and when I'm when I'm planning my rescue mission to go back and pull others out, I can't. But we're not going to sit and discuss what happened. When you go to God, God already knows what happened. If you mm. come, if I come to you and say, you know what, let's talk about it. Let's start from here. You did this. You know what you did. So we don't have to discuss it. We just need to work on the recovery. How do we get past this? That's what's important. People get caught up in what happened. I'll tell you what happened. You know what you did. I know what I did. Right? Or wow. not. Do we not know? So 
Yeah, people, yeah, act like you forgot. You didn't forget. But at what point does it not matter? That's the thing. Yes, you may not forget, but does it matter? It doesn't matter what happened in my life. All I want is a relationship with my mother while she's still on this earth. I don't care what she did. No, I won't forget what she did, but I'm not going to throw it in her face. She is released from that penalty so that she can move on. I don't need for her to remember what she's throwing it in her face, but she, she knows what happened. I don't have to beat her up with it. Let's focus on the recovery. Focus on the recovery. An alcoholic can't worry about the the liquor, right? Right. How many drinks he had, he's never going to heal. Hmm. When we think about forgiveness in different situations that you may have to apply forgiveness to, what if the offense, so to speak, happens more than once? You know, forgiving someone when something happened one time or a certain time period or something is one thing, but what if some, some person continuously hurts you? How do you forgive or what do you do in that situation? Okay. So you heard that God watch out for the babies and the fools, right? Yes. (laughs) So, So you, that's like sticking your your head in a lion's mouth. If you if somebody if you forgive somebody and they continuously hurt you and you continue to stay in that relationship, it's not them as you. Hmm. And you gotta know when it's you. We have to learn healthy relationships. And the reason why people don't know the answer to that question is because what you accept. That's like cyberbullying. There is no such thing. And let me tell you why. If we if you say something on, on Facebook that hurt my feelings and I continue to be your friend and you keep hurting my feelings and I ain't block you and I keep coming back for more, then I like it. Mm. And I, everything that I get is no longer bullying. Tanya allowed it and she likes it. So it's called um Therapeutic for her, I guess, if she keeps going there to read Valencia's posts that are offensive and she thinks that Valencia is bullying her, right? <laughs> is that correct? I, I agree. The if they keep hurting you and you keep going back, you need your head checked. They're fine. Mm-hmm. It's not them, it's you. I agree. People will do what what you allow. And I think, you know, especially if it's repetitive behavior, if someone, you know, is they don't care. It's not that they're ignorant to what they're doing or what they've done. They don't care. And you have to work on you, you know, like mm-hmm. the whole thing with forgiveness not being about them. It's about you. It's about you because it's your well-being, your peace of mind. Or like you said earlier, your your edges and your skin suffering because the person that offended you or that you need to forgive, so to speak, they're sleeping fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's very interesting. Is there are there? I know there are stages of grief. Are there stages of forgiveness? 
Oh, yeah. Stages of forgiveness is, um, the initial stage of it is the, um, <laughs> the why did it happen. You have to deal mm. with, first you have to deal with what happened. Then you have to deal with why did it happen. And then you have to deal with your emotions of it. What, why did it make me feel that way? You know, what, what part of it is, is hurting me? And then the last part of it is to let it go, to, to, to confront it. Confrontation is a big, you know, it's, it's, it's a book called Crucial Conversations. And it's, I feel that if we would have those crucial conversations, the world would be better because a crucial conversation is a conversation that I'm letting that person know I don't I don't receive the way that you're treating me. I didn't like it. It didn't feel good to me. And I don't want you to do that to me again. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're not supposed to be friends. Maybe we're not supposed to be in a relationship. But we have to be okay by ourselves before we can even be, before we can be any good to anybody else. We have to be okay with ourselves. Before we even go to a relationship, we need to learn how to forgive ourselves. Mm. Women are broken, and we're trying to have marriages and kids and be mothers and aunties. We're not even a, we're not good to our shadows, so we don't need wow. to be in a relationship in a broken state. Well, you need to address those things that you need to forgive yourself for. Forgive yourself. A mother needs to know. Forgive yourself that that you didn't that that you didn't do a good job with your kids for whatever reason. For me, um, I'm just going to just be, I didn't want to be, no, I don't, I didn't want to be nobody's mother. I, it's not that I didn't want to be a mother. I wanted to be a mother, but I wanted to be a kid too. So mm. me wanting to be a kid because I was a kid, it, it outweighed me wanting to be a mother at that time. You know, so we have to be honest. We have to be transparent. No, I wasn't a good sister. I didn't let her wear my stuff. I always made her feel um, inferior um, to me. Um, you know, I'm the boss. I'm the baby. I'm the brat. I know that I, I'm that way, and it's okay. We have to come out of the it's just me because there's no thing as it's just you. It's just you means that people accept what you dish out. And you don't care about how you treat other people. And, you know, that's, you know we, we, we have friends in our circle. That's, well, you know, that's just the way she is. That's unacceptable. Right. That's not just, just the way she is. She may need to go stand in the corner or not come back to our, my house or not get in my car. <laughs> because I'm not going to deal with that's just the way she is. That's unacceptable. Mm. And we have to be brave enough to be able to correct someone in their wrong. And don't worry about if they stay, stay in our lives or not. Being a mature person is able to receive criticism from someone, to receive wisdom. God puts someone in your path to protect you. But mm. like our grandparents say, a hard head makes a soft tail, one way or another. So you're going to get it one way or another, whether you get it early or you get it late. You're going to yield regardless. Wow. Wow. And nail on the head with that. Nail on the head. I know this is this is something I had to deal with and I love that you say we had we have to kind of learn how to deal with us and, you know, release some stuff before we have a happy, healthy relationship. Cuz it it won't work otherwise. But 
for the longest time, and I'm sure you could relate, I felt like if I let something go, if I forgave you for when you hurt me or said this to me or did whatever to me, it made me weak. So it was easier for me to harbor this, you know, hate or whatever towards you then forgive you because if I forgave you and just let it go that made me weak that came with maturity (laughs) yeah because we're not weak when I found that my courage was forgiving you and I care about if you if you dial my number again do not be afraid to be by myself why do we have to have so many people around us uh, the more people around you, the more personalities, the more conflict. And I'm not saying that um, you should be a loner. No, but everybody in your face, everybody, you, you can't roll by yourself. There was a time when I had so many women around me and there was so much stuff. Never had a peace of mind. But now mm-hmm. that I can sit in this house all week, the phone won't ring. I'm, I work in customer service, so I'm on the phone eight hours a day anyway. The phone won't ring. Nobody won't call and check on you to see how you're doing. But that gives me time to put things into perspective. That gives me time to work on my legacy. That gives me time to spend time with God, most of all, to check my heart, to make sure, you know, maybe I'm just, you know, not sitting here wondering what I did to anybody, but waiting for God to take me to the next level. Maybe he needs me to sit by myself for this moment so that I can hear him and not hear all the noise that everybody else has going on with them. You know, Mm. it comes a point in time when the 20 other people that once lived in my head, the the 20 other women (laughs) that once lived in my head, their voices is quiet, you know. So, and that's because I'm unburdened. I don't forgave. So I don't have that one. I don't have her in my mind saying, we should just go to her door and punch her in the face. Ooh, I can't wait till I see her. You know, I I don't carry that. If you do right. something to me and I and I and I'll go and you know, my husband always knows when something is troubling me. Like, baby, what's wrong? And we speak about it or whatever. And he'd be like, if he says, well, I told you to leave her alone, or mm. you know, obey well, what you want to do, or whatever it is. It's you. That's usually as far as it goes. It's not me calling you. Except for this, this is important. This is the this is a good point too. Only ones that can hurt us is people who we care about, right? Right. So, if somebody does something to you and it offends you, you gotta think: Are you really offended? Do you really care that much about that person to confront that mm. person, or do you just let it go? Because you like they ain't even on my level. They don't know no better. Most of it is they don't know that that no better, and you're not on your level. And a lot of times we cause our own sorrow by trying to hold on to people God doesn't want us to be connected to in the first place. Mm. And another reason why you don't go far is because how you trying how you trying to forgive your homegirl. I'm trying to forgive you. I just let you, me and you go through something, and I'm so upset that me and you, we got to have this conversation so I can forgive you. And I'm not even forgiving the people. I won't forgive my mother. How could I have a wow. relationship with any other woman on this earth, and I won't mend my relationship with my mother? 
Are you serious? I'm more concerned. How are we as women, married women, more concerned with our relationships with our mother-in-laws, and you won't mend your relationship with your own mother? Because mm. we don't prioritize. I don't prioritize. We don't. We have to fix our own souls before we can have any outside relationship, and that's why it's so much strife. And, and and that's the thing. It's not easy, so people don't want to do it. It's not right. easy to put a broken family back together. It's not easy to hit a mother daughter relationship where her daughter was um, a victim of child sexual abuse and and the family was torn apart and all that. That's not easy. So we don't deal with that. We rather go out here and try to have a side relationship. I'm just gonna be good. Me and my mother-in-law, we close and sleep good at hmm. night. When my mother is in, at home with her head in the corner because she feels that she didn't protect her daughter, how is that good with you? Mm. How is that good with with you? How are you good with with a man and you cool with his kids and you ain't cool with your own kids? Mm. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. You're not cool with your kids because, um, you know, some some relationships is just going to be what it is. But you're not right. making the effort to make things right. You're not making the effort. You're not doing your part. It wasn't for my kids to come after me because they didn't drop themselves off at their grandmother's house to be raised. So it's for me to show them, yes, I disappointed you. Yes, I let you down. But I'm worthy of your love at this point. If you would forgive me, mm. and not just forgiveness is an action word. I forgive you. What's the verb in that sentence? The action word. It's just like love. Don't tell me you love me and then spit on me. That doesn't make sense. So forgiveness, mommy, you want me to forgive you, <laughs> but you still don't keep your word. You still don't make an effort to to call me when you have free time to stop by. You don't make an effort for us to mend the relationship. Where's mm. the effort? So that's the thing. What relationships are you trying to save? Are you trying to, um, because remember, if you was a hellraiser all your life and you look in the, and if you look in the rear view mirror and all behind you, you done blew up everything behind you, what can you really savage from that? You have to go through them ashes because, yes, you're going to get the beauty for your ashes, but you have to dig through those ashes one by one and see what you really hurt, what was really savageable in that in, in those ashes. And Some of it was blown important. up on purpose. Exactly. Right. Yes. And I love that you said that, and I hope, you know, everybody wrote that down and got something from that when you talk about for forgiving, you know, we won't forgive important relationships. We're worried about some fly by night friend or associate or whatever else. And we, you know, we worried about mending that relationship and we need to mend relationships of people we actually care about. I love, I love that you hit the nail on the head in so on so many levels with that. So Thank you for that. With that being said, because we, that I told you that hour goes by fast. It really does. Yes, it does. <laughs> Latanya, if people want to connect with you, find out more about you, book you for speaking, what have you, what's, how can they get in touch with you? 
So they can go to LatanyaSmiley.com. The website is up. It is beautiful. You can contact me through the website. You can um, email me at um, Eve Roses. That's E-V-E-S-R-O-S-E-S at Yahoo.com. You can call me, 347-483-4671. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and Twitter, and LinkedIn as Latanya Smiley. Yay. Well, do you have any, and guys, you know, as usual, her information will be on the show notes, and so you guys could connect with her definitely. Is there any last tip? you would like to leave for the audience tonight? Yes, I have two, actually. The first one is remember, remember, remember to always respect the process. Respect the process and respect your journey. That, And when I say that, that means that whatever it is that God has placed before you, he has given you what it is that you need to make it through it. What you need to do is to forgive yourself. And when I say forgive yourself, that means do an extensive check of your heart and to make sure your heart is right because there's some things that you want and there's some levels that you were created to go through. But because you're not unburdened, you can't fly. So I need for you to become unburdened so that you can take off and go to the next level. And it starts with forgiveness, so forgive and keep that F word in the front of your mind. Mm. Yay. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Well, Latonya, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I definitely thank you look, for having me. You are you're awesome and I can't wait to see you next month in Jacksonville, Florida. Guys, make sure you connect with her. I know, yes, it's going to be awesome. Um, Guys, to find out more information about the Sister Cypher Tour, it will be in the show notes. And also, you could go to my website at ValenciaGWallace.com. If you enjoyed today's class, make sure you go to Define You Radio's Facebook page, stay connected with the show, and let us know. Who do you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive yourself? Have you really forgiven? These are questions. I'm telling you guys, this was just recently answered for me and two weeks ago. The F word, it's powerful. With that mm-hmm. being said, <laughs> if you want to learn more about defining your life, join us in Define You Movement, where classes and sessions seven days a week. That is on Facebook. As usual, I'm going to close with a quote. To heal a wound, you need to stop touching it. That comes from unknown. I don't know who did it, but that was a powerful quote. Stop touching it. It'll stop. It'll heal. (laughs) That's awesome right there. I know. I I know. I'm going to post it on the the Facebook page, definitely, because that answers a whole lot of questions. Thank you again, LaTanya. You guys have a great Sunday. I will see you next time. Pens and papers down. Class is over. (laughs) Bye-bye. See you later, hon.